Chapter 83 A Map is Not the Territory Alfred Korsibsky, Science and Sanity, 1933, 4th edition, The International Non-Aristotelian Library, 1958, Volume 2, Number 4, Page 58 "'You're familiar with the situation of cartography at the time of the Templars,' I said. "'In that century there were Arab maps that, among other things, put Africa at the top and Europe at the bottom. Navigators' maps, fairly accurate, all things considered, and maps that by then were already three or four hundred years old but were still accepted in some schools. Mind you, to reveal the location of the umbilicus they didn't need an accurate map in today's sense. It had to be simply a map possessing this virtue.' Once oriented, it would show the umbilicus at the point where the arc of the pendulum is struck by the first ray of sun on June 24th. Now listen carefully. Let's suppose, purely as a hypothesis, that the umbilicus is in Jerusalem. Even with our modern maps, the position of Jerusalem depends on the projection used. And God knows what kind of map the Templars had, but it doesn't matter. It's not the pendulum that's calibrated according to the map. It's the map that's calibrated according to the pendulum. You follow me? It could be the craziest map in the world as long as, when placed beneath the pendulum, at the crack of dawn on the 24th of June, it shows the one and only spot that is Jerusalem. This doesn't solve our problem, Diotalevi said. Of course not, and it doesn't solve it for the Invisible 36 either, because if you don't have the right map, forget it. Let's take the case of a map oriented in the standard way, with east in the direction of the apse and west toward the nave, since that's how churches are built. Now, let's say at random that on that fatal dawn the pendulum is near the boundary of the southeast quadrant. If it were a clock, we'd say that the hour hand is at 5.25. All right? Now look. I went to dig out a history of cartography. Here, exhibit number one, a twelfth-century map. It follows the T-structured maps. Asia is at the top with the earthly paradise. To the left, Europe. To the right, Africa. And here, beyond Africa, they've also put the Antipodes. Exhibit number two a map inspired by the Somnium Scipionis of Macrobius, and it survives in various versions into the sixteenth century. Africa's a bit narrow, but that's all right. Now look, orient the two maps in the same way, and you see that on the first map, 525 corresponds to Arabia, and on the second map, to New Zealand, since that's where the second map has the antipodes. You may know everything about the pendulum, but if you don't know what map to use, you're lost. So the message contained instructions, elaborately coded on where to find the right map, which may have been specially drawn for the occasion. The message told where to look, in what manuscript, in what library, abbey, castle. It's even possible that D. or Bacon or someone else reconstructed the message. Who knows? The message said the map was at X, but in the meantime, with everything that was going on in Europe, the abbey that housed the map burned down, or the map was stolen, hidden God knows where. Maybe somebody has the map but doesn't know the use of it or knows it's valuable, but doesn't know why, and he's going around the world looking for a buyer. Imagine all the confusion of offers, false trails, messages that say other things but are understood to refer to the map, and messages that indeed refer to the map but are read as if hinting at, say, the production of gold. No doubt some people attempt to reconstruct the map purely on the basis of conjectures. What sorts of conjectures? Well, for example, micro-macrocosmic correspondences. Here's another map. You know where it comes from? It appears in the second treatise of the Utriusque Cosmi Historia of Robert Flood. Flood is the Rosicrucian's man in London, don't forget. Now, what does our man do, our Robertus de Fluctibus, as he liked to style himself? He offers what is no longer a map, but a strange projection of the entire globe from the point of view of the pole, 
the mystic pole, naturally, and therefore from the point of view of an ideal pendulum suspended from an ideal keystone. This is a map specially conceived to be placed beneath a pendulum. It's obvious, undeniable. I can't imagine why someone hasn't already seen. The fact is, the diabolicals are very, very slow, Belbo said. The fact is, we are the only worthy heirs of the Templars. But to continue, you recognize the design. It's a mobile rotula, like the ones Stratanius used for his coded messages. This isn't a map, then. It's a design for a machine to produce variations of maps until the right map is found. And Flood says as much in the caption. This is the sketch for an instrumentum. It still needs work. But wasn't Flood the one who persisted in denying the rotation of the Earth? How could he think of the pendulum? We're dealing with initiates, and initiate denies what he knows, denies knowing it to conceal it. This, Belbo said, would explain why Dee paid so much attention to those royal cartographers. It was not to discover the true form of the earth, but to reconstruct, among all the mistaken maps, the one right map, the one of use to him. Not bad, not bad at all, Dio Talevi said, to arrive at the truth through the painstaking reconstruction of a false text. 